Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number seven of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's, and with me, as always, are Casey, my man, MBG. How are we doing tonight, guys? Fantastic. I'm great. I'm ready for the holidays. I'm ready to roll. Yeah, we're, we're the Tuesday before uh, Thanksgiving right now, so we're trying to get this one in and get it published before we all do all the family stuff. So we got week 12 of the college football season in the books. Casey, your guys are still in the mix. You took down Miami 40 to 10, and there are a couple big losses this weekend. You all have a path to the playoff, do you think? <laughs> it's, uh, I can't, I'm, see, I'm stammering. Yeah, I guess we do, but I don't think that Clemson needs to be in the playoff this year. I just don't <laughs> think they have it. It's, it's kind of like this, and I'm sure we'll get to talking a little bit about South Carolina later on, but. You know, that defense kind of – it's like South Carolina kind of fooled you this weekend with Tennessee, and we'll get to Tennessee, I'm sure. I, we might kinda, talk about them a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Clemson kind of fooled me a little bit with the defense, which was as advertised as before the season. They looked right. fantastic this past weekend, gave up under yep. 100 yards total offense, and so it got us excited again. But it's a small sample size. They've been good, not great, and they were great Saturday. So hopefully they can – move that into this weekend robbery week and we'll see where they land i, I i'm hoping for a new year six yeah man that's i mean listen that south carolina tennessee game and then you all stomping out miami that's a pretty uh cool lead up to the rival rivalry week game right <laughs> you guys both look great going in so sure does it adds it's definitely some banter i'll tell you that the message board's yeah. going crazy this week both sides when South Carolina and Clemson fans are talking, is that? Are you serious? <laughs> I wouldn't call it talking. Who's? I would more say. Uh, I don't even know how to say it on this family-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, MBG. The Utah State Aggies are bowl eligible, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. I'm ready to book my tickets to Boise, Idaho, to watch the Potato Bowl. <laughs> Boise is that. lovely. This time of year, oh, man. Oh, man. Boise in December, there's nothing like it. There's <laughs> nothing like it. We so played we up a, there a few years ago. It. Yeah, it's an, if you've never been to a game there, it's certainly an interesting place to watch a football game. Interesting is uh, being very generous there. <laughs> yeah, I think we played a bowl game there one year, year years ago when we were in a bowl game. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's not like a big travel destination. You know what I mean? Not a travel destination bowl game, exactly. No. So that's pretty much where we're going to end up. So yeah, that's good enough for me, though. And you're still the king of the Aggies, even though Texas A&M yeah. managed to squeak by. Who they play, like uh, UMass Master or somebody Chief. this yeah. weekend? Yeah. Uh, you guys still have a commanding lead in that all-Aggie division. So I think you might even have it sewn up at this point. So, Probably. I mean, we'll have two games left at least. So, yeah, should have it. We'll take that if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And that brings us to our favorite segment, the genius of the week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player coach team conference mascot 
anyone who did something particularly dumb this week, and we'll take a vote and see who wins. All right, it's a big sexy. Who you got this week? You know, I'm going off the off the rails again as I'm normally doing, just because I'm basically conceding to MBG again. But, uh, <laughs> we, we've won like four times in a row, five times in a row since we've like started, that. since its inception. He's he's been the champion. But uh, I was watching the USC UCLA game, and they stopped it at one point Saturday because someone ran on the field. And of course, the TV doesn't show it, but somebody in the stands caught it, and it was on video. And I just I thought. I'm going to give him my genius of the week, the guy who ran on the field, because he got absolutely destroyed oh, by the security I guard. Oh, that. And he fumbled. Did and you he see fumbled, him? He fumbled his phone. <laughs> the great post on Twitter where somebody like slowed it down and they were trying to figure out if the phone came out before his knee hit. <laughs> I, I saw that too. I just thought it was fantastic. They both got up, though. The guy that laid the hit just got up and kind of calmly walked over to the dude. Dude that got destroyed, kind of got up, gathered himself, picked his phone up, and he was a little wobbly though. He, he, he was, was like a newborn wobbly. deer when he got up. He, <laughs> he kind of like he kind of just wobbled over to the bench, right? Yeah, he knew at that point he had messed up. Yeah, yep. All right, that's a solid one. Yeah, that was that was good stuff, man. All right, MBG, who do you have this week? Well, you know. We had gone with, if you recall, Ohio State fans for the first three weeks, right? Is that right? And they were, yeah, believe it or not, it's right. And then last week they were kind of unseated by Alabama fans. And it looks like Ohio State fans wanted to be back in the game. So (laughs) they're back. And if you recall, they played Maryland on Saturday. And I think they were down 13-10 at halftime. I think they scored like 33 points in the second half and one going away, but they were down 13-10 at halftime. So you can imagine what the boards looked like. These looked like a copy and paste from the other three weeks <laughs> that, that I've done this. But I'll just give you a taste. This one says, day is god-awful. You day lovers need to realize what it what it is now. He's an awful game coach and in way over his head. First-time coaches don't belong at Ohio State. This guy says, Larry Coker had some good seasons, too. I'm done with Day. <laughs> the folks who kick, kiss Day's rear end on, on the board never cease to amaze me. 10-0, and 0, congrats. Who have we beat, and how have we looked? This isn't 2002. Ryan Day is making a lot question if he's really the guy. Got to hope they can make the correct halftime adjustments on both sides. Ryan Day's best team was in, was an inherited 2019 group. Tells you all you need to know at this point. Day is 100% responsible for this dumpster fire. My apologies to dumpsters. <laughs> oh my God. This is a dumpster fire. A 10-0 dumpster fire. Well, the, the guy responded to that and says, this is the worst 10-0 team I have ever seen. Absolute trash. We will be lucky to win this game, and next week there is no chance. This guy says, hire Fickle, I'm done with Day, soft coach, soft team. Finally, this guy says, Day sucks. It's obvious. Best year was his first year with Urban's players. So here we are again, complaining about Ryan Day, the guy who's only lost one conference game in four years. I think only four games in four years. Have they even had a close game this year? I I don't remember them having a game they won by less than 10 points. I I mean, I might be not remembering one, but. 
Well, Northwestern I mean, was close, and then they pulled away, right? Yeah, they won that by 14, I think, right? Maryland yeah. did have a chance this weekend yeah. to go up, yeah. and then they Towley threw an interception, and it ended up being 13 or something like that. I don't know. Win by double digits every game, and your coach is hot garbage. That's <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I always think, you know, how many schools in the country would trade their coach for Ryan Day? Probably all but, what, four or five, maybe, max? That's a big I mean, number, he, too. Is he an unlikable guy? Like, I don't even – I I think so, but that's just – That's just because I'm a Clemson fan, so I'm just yeah. – <laughs> You're right. He might be slightly no. biased. <laughs> no, to me, he doesn't. And, and I think they're romanticizing Urban Meyer's tenure a little bit because, I mean, Urban Meyer lost Big Ten games all the time. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't say all the time, but he. More he than one? Ten yeah. I mean, <laughs> got embarrassed in the playoff. Yeah. Let them beat him 30 to nothing. It's interesting to me how, how quick they are to fly, fly off the handle. Let me ask you a serious question before we go to before we go to who's genius of the week. Is there anything fun to do in Ohio? I mean, apparently not. I, I have to admit, I've never been to Ohio, but based on some of these posts, apparently not. <laughs> I just—that's—that's that's what it, my point was exactly. Is it just they—they're just they scrutinize Ohio State to the nth, and I mean, they just would need to be miserable, I think, because this team is undefeated, say. ranked number two in the country, and they're going to nitpick their way to. Uh, hating them or something i don't know i don't yeah get that it. doesn't sound like a lot of fun right as a fan like if, if you're unhappy no. with being 10 and 0 boat racing teams every week and being number two in the country i mean you're setting a pretty high bar for what's going to make you happy well where do you, you go know? it's a national championship right. or bust apparently yeah and it's not like they're 10 and 0 in the mac i mean no. they're 10 and 0 right. in the big 10 which is i guess you could argue it but it's either the second or third best league in the country Cutting through that like a hot knife through butter, and it's not good enough for you, I guess. Well, Interesting. They'll probably handle it well if they lose to Michigan. So I, I <laughs> doubt there will be any uh, any meltdowns if that happens. <laughs> no, well, I'm excited now about this weekend. <laughs> yeah. uh, even a close game. I mean, the meltdown is going to happen because at some point, Ohio State's not going to score a touchdown on a drive, and it's right. going to upset them all. <laughs> They're going to punt at least one time, and it's really going to upset them. I have a feeling I know who your genius of the week is going to be next week, MBG. <laughs> go out on a limb. Yeah, it's probably a safe bet. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so I'll, I'll set up mine here. I mean, you guys probably haven't heard about this, but there have been some rumors floating around about Lane Kiffin potentially leaving Ole Miss to take over as head coach at Auburn. You guys, you guys mm-hmm. haven't heard anything about that, right? You don't say. <laughs> Lane who? <laughs> You know, is that Ole Miss Monty's fan. Kid? What's that? Is that Monty's, Monty's kid? <laughs> Juice is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Ole, Miss, Ole Miss fans are kind of going through the five stages of grief on Twitter right now. You know, you've got anger, you've got denial, you've got kind of bargaining, whatever the other ones are. But there's one Twitter user who has taken a different approach to this, and this is Twitter user Brennan Chapman. And this is what he posted on November 20th. This is a quote. Many people are aware of things that they'll never mention as long as certain people stay at certain places. Hypothetically, of course. And then someone responded to him, oh, God, this is all about to get nasty, isn't it? And he wrote, it doesn't have to. Now, for context, Brennan, from what I can tell, works for a car dealership in Oxford, Mississippi. So you might think, you know, on one hand, well, who cares what he says? But you dig a little deeper, and he was actually on staff at Ole Miss until January of 2020. 
which is a month after Lane Kiffin arrived. So put the pieces together. It looks like perhaps <laughs> he was asked to leave when Lane got there, which when you look at it in that context makes this response sound, and I'm no criminal law expert, uh, as I've said before, but kind of blackmail-y maybe. <laughs> and so, and you know, we've talked about this many times, of course, anytime you are either thinking about committing a felony or have committed a felony, like the Miami fan who knocked the Duke fan out after a game. What you want to do is you want to go online and social media and just publicize that as much as possible. That's what Brennan chose to do here. He's now deleted the post. So apparently that, that threat is no longer hanging over Lane's head. But that yeah, ex- Brennan was that ex- genius of the week. That expedites the statute of limitations, right? If you put it on Twitter, it, it <laughs> cuts statute of limitations in half, at least. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Twitter lawyers think this is you know some kind of affirmative defense. Well, if you put it on Twitter, it's not real. So you know, well, again, the, between the three of us, we have 40 years of experience. So. <laughs> There's a lot of legal experience in the room here. Right. Respect my knowledge here, boys. <laughs> All right. So that was mine. So who you guys got this week? Man, they're good. They're getting better and better every week. But how do you, how do you shy away from? I don't know. I'm going blackmail, actually. I'm going to mix it up. I, I'll agree. And anytime you try to blackmail a coach on, on Twitter. My arms are raised in celebration. No one can see right now, but the streak Major is over. Upset. Major this upset. Is like when, this is like when UVA broke Clemson's 29-game winning streak back in 1990, right? Shots, uh, shots fired. I was going to say UMBC beat UVA at <laughs> 16 and a 1. So. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Brennan, right, got me a win. All right. All right. Before we move on to the message for posts, we wanted to give a quick shout out to our friends at College Football Home, CFB Home, for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. All right. So, MBG, what you got for us this week? Well, I thought maybe we should go to Knoxville and see how things are going out there. I know by now, Everybody knows what happened to that game in uh, South Carolina, where Tennessee just got absolutely roasted uh, by South Carolina. I mean, could it, could they have had a worse weekend? I mean, they blow that game against South Carolina, give up, what, 63 points. Hooker tears an ACL. I mean, they lose the playoffs. They probably lost a, a chance at a playoff berth, Heisman Trophy, you name it. Uh, they lost it uh, over the weekend. So it was I was going to say, I'm sure their fans took it well, right? Yeah, well, I thought, but before we go there, I think it would be fun to just visit Knoxville. We'll go back in the time machine and visit Knoxville the day before, well, actually Saturday afternoon before the game. Mm-hmm. Just take their temperature on Saturday morning and see how they were feeling. And then we'll look at how they felt afterwards. So there's a few posts here. And I just picked out a few posts. This is, was on uh, Vol Nation. This guy says, say a prayer for the Gamecocks because Heupel is about to hang 60 on South Carolina. After TCU and Michigan squeaking by a bunch of mid-squads, make sure to bet the over, which he was – I'll give it to him. He was right on betting the over. <laughs> spot on, man. <laughs> and this guy says, Tennessee would boat race TCU or Michigan. I have no doubt in my mind that Tennessee had – if Tennessee had either team scheduled, the average score would be 60-ish to 20-ish and people would be calling us the greatest offense in the history of college football. Another guy says, 
Tennessee will be in the playoffs. Once Ohio State and Michigan play, no need to worry. Michigan, TCU, Ohio State, and even Georgia are struggling today. We skull-drugged Missouri last week. If we blow out South Carolina and Vandy, no doubt in my mind, Tennessee will be at number three when the final rankings are in. Just take a deep breath and exhale slowly. We are just fine. Go Big Orange. And I'll tell you, there was a thread full of posts about how Tennessee was just going to destroy South Carolina. Well, they should have. So, there was a lot absolutely. of that going around. They, I did not see a single Tennessee fan who expressed even any sense that they might lose that game, right? I mean, they were so positive they were going to beat the crap out of the Gamecocks. It was awesome. I mean, there was nothing yeah. that, that the Gamecocks has shown all year long that they should have even been in the game. That's what I, oh. uh, that's what I think is so wonderful is that, and, and not because it's my rival, but you had 10 games of sample size over here. Which uh, where they were mediocre, and then you had one. Uh, no one could see my hands. I talk with my hands. Uh, one sample size over here in the left hand. And... I see both hands, so I got. <laughs> and now that's the norm. So I, I just there. It was complete enigma for South Carolina. So I, I was okay with Tennessee fans being as cocky as they were because everything they'd seen as well should have said that they beat South Carolina by thirty. Yep. Yep. Well, that's not what happened. <laughs> that, that is not what happened. So you can imagine that they were trying to trying to deal with that afterwards. And so I'm just going to read one. But there were several theories from Tennessee fans as to what happened and how it was they lost so badly to South Carolina. And this is the best one. This is from VolQuest, which is on, on three. There's a poster named Rocky Doc. He says, rumors were that USC Jr., added sand to the field to slow down our wide receivers. Reminds me of the old Giants baseball team would water down the infield before playing the Dodgers to slow down Mari Wills on the base pass. So shout out to some 1970s baseball. So his theory was that South Carolina added uh, some sand to the field to try to slow down their receivers. And maybe that's what happened, which... Maybe sounds good, uh, but I'm not sure how he accounts for the fact that South Carolina scored 63 points. <laughs> that one-way sand, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's exactly what I was going to say too. It had Josh Van running wide open and running for days. Are there like special sand cleats you can wear, like those, <laughs> like bike tires? You can get like the sand tires. Yeah, were they wearing flip flops? Those Clemson uh, receivers. <laughs> Or Clemson, South Carolina receivers out there in flip flops or special band. Yeah, band. What the hell am I talking about? Beach attire. <laughs> I'm not drunk, even though it sounds like I am. Right now. <laughs> Little band attire. Yeah, they put up 600 yards on Tennessee. I mean, I don't think it was the field that was a problem, but I could be wrong. Yeah, and there was a there was another fan on another Tennessee site who also just couldn't accept the fact that they had been beaten by USC, and so he. He, I say USC, South Carolina, for any of those wondering. And he says this. He says, players and coaches have played ball their entire lives and never experienced 9 out of 10. I don't know what that means. I can't help but wonder how USC knew to run key plays at exactly the right time, every time. I get our D is not awesome, but it's not a 9 out of 10 score bad. USC got lucky. I don't think so. That luck just doesn't happen in college at this time of year unless the OC knew the exact location that would be open. 
collage, by the way, not college. <laughs> and, right, he spells it collage. And nine out of ten was they scored nine touchdowns in ten drives. They only punted oh. one time all game. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Chris Fowler kept saying it on the on, on the broadcast, and I, unfortunately, I was watching it because it was like a car crash. I just couldn't look away because I kept thinking, come on, Tennessee's going to score. Hendon Hooker's going to run them down the field. Jalen Hyatt's going to run all over these DBs, and it never happened. And South Carolina get the ball, and they score another touchdown. It's like, So it sounds like Tennessee thinks there was some funny business going on. There's just no way that South Carolina's offensive coordinator could know the exact – he says the exact location that would be open. <laughs> Would there be that any is, way for an offensive coordinator to ever figure out what Tennessee's defense is doing, unless he was I, cheating? I think I think the the guy from the Missouri fan that had the all twenty two tape for Austin P may have had the all <laughs> may have upgraded and got the all twenty two paid for the yearly subscription of the all twenty twos and got Tennessee's and Marcus Satterfield probably paid you know the guy for some I don't know maybe Just scripted his first fifteen plays I mean got him out of the box hot. Yeah, this is a bad tinfoil hat guy because he he's kind of suggesting that something illicit went on, but he doesn't come out and say what it is. Like he even goes on to say something about the SEC and NCAA should look into this, but I'm not I'm not even clear what cons- what kind of bad behavior he's claiming here, other than SEC offensive or God USC's offensive coordinator called a good game. Right, I mean that's kind of his job to figure out where the defenders aren't going to be. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of these things that I think is prevalent specifically in the SEC, which is we can't just be beaten straight up, right? There's got to right. be some reason out there as to why we lost, opposed to the fact that we just got beat. <laughs> that's yeah, all. They had I can a great plan. They had a great offensive game plan, and they executed it. And that's you tip your cap normally. Maybe the it's other thing old. I loved in the aftermath of this game was Vol fans were up in arms about South Carolina scoring late to run up the score on them. I get they forgot they just put up a seventy burger on Missouri a week ago, right? I mean, like the, the lack like of self awareness is yeah, the lack of self awareness is pretty stark in the SEC sometimes. Well, speaking of self awareness in the SEC, um... <laughs> I'm trying to set you up here, MBG. <laughs> Let's let's move down the road a little bit to Ole Miss, and they've had they've had quite the weekend. Poor Ole Miss, they got rolled by Arkansas this week. But even before the game, there's been some concern though that they're about to lose their coach Lane Kiffin. Um, I think we talked about this a bit earlier, obviously, um, and so they were trying to figure out ways that maybe they could convince Lane to stay. We'll talk about the game in a minute, but. We'll go back in our time machine again and figure out what they were talking about before the game. And one poster on Inside the Rebels, which is a 247 site, had this idea. He said, if feasible, Grove Collective, which I think is their NIL collective, needs to do a radio telethon. Radio stations that carry Ole Miss Sports should give the Grove Collection airtime to conduct a telethon to sign up members. With that exposure, we could get 10,000 members. So... I thought this post was funny because I haven't heard anybody talk about a radio telethon for probably 25 years. I mean, since Jerry Lewis died, right? I mean, is he dead? I was going to say he's probably available. 
So that, that post just reminded me, like when I was a kid, you'd have those telethons that'd be there on the TV or the the radio station, and you didn't really have that many channels and take like the whole day of some cheesy like talent show or something that they would do all day and like all those people with the phone banks in the back answering calls. Uh, so that kind of uh, reminds me of what this guy wants to do, but I'm not quite sure. I think we have other ways to do that uh, nowadays that don't involve uh, monopolizing a, a entire TV station, a radio station for the entire day. Yeah, and those things kind of, they absolutely just destroyed my childhood. It, it kind of was probably the segue into not believing in, in the tooth fairy or, or the Easter bunny. Uh, we, I know Santa's still real, but because I, you'd see all those famous people in the background of these telethons. And so my little six-year-old self or eight-year-old self would pick up the phone hoping to talk to Lawrence Taylor or, or some famous person in the background. And then I get like Joe from Arkansas who picks up the call and then I had to hang up and it turns into a whole prank phone call thing and then the police end up at my parents house and i mean it's like it was just completely traumatic it, it all comes back to prank phone calls and the jerky boys and the police getting called right That's... Uh, i just thought that was funny because it kind of illustrated the level of desperation they were at to do whatever they could do to keep playing kiffin so that was before they played arkansas this is when things were going well right i mean i mean <laughs> Yeah, in hindsight, that was probably as good as they've had it all week. Because um, <laughs> then they went into Arkansas and got steamrolled. And you can imagine how they probably handled it. They melted down a little bit. So I got a couple posts from during the game. And this guy on Inside the Rebels, Kennedy Flores, says, if we seceded from the SEC, would it hurt them at all? If so, we should. Another guy says, I say we January 6th, Greg Sankey's sweet little cub. Oh, my God. <laughs> another poster on the same board says, call Sankey, tell him to F off, and then tell Hugh to get in the car and do your <laughs> first thing in the morning. I am 100% dead effing serious. Oh, God. Hugh Freeze is always the answer to all your problems. That's that's a healthy approach to life right there. <laughs> Things this are going is, bad. Let's get Hugh Freeze in here. <laughs> this is bad. literally the SEC fan playbook. Get mad at the SEC for screwing us over. Send Greg Sankey some sort of communication, in this case not a certified letter, but send him some sort of communication verbalizing our displeasure with him. And his cubbyhole. <laughs> his cubbyhole. <laughs> and then... Somehow hire Hugh Freeze. That seems to be <laughs> the cycle of SEC fans. All so the boxes are checked. What was going on here for Sankey to start catching strays? Like, what, what were they mad at him about specifically? I think they think that the officials are after Lane Kiffin. Oh, okay. That's what I think, because Lane Kiffin called them out at the end of the Alabama game, and nobody calls out Alabama without getting punished. Oh, all right. I think that's their theory, but I don't know. It goes deep. So, I got gotcha. you. It goes deep. So some fans took it that way. Another fan had a little different twist on this. This is from Rebel Grove. This is Hop's Daddy 101. And he says, this is on purpose. Lane is doing this on purpose, so Auburn will back off of him. Call me crazy, but this might seal the deal for us to keep him. So, 
this is the other theory was, of course, they didn't get beat by Arkansas. But Lane Kiffin was thrown again because he was just sick of getting these phone calls from from Auburn. It's kind of like it's kind of like me with Taylor Swift. I'm trying to get her to stop calling. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just trying to get as old and fat and ugly as possible so that she just stops calling. So I think this is kind of similar to what this guy thinks that Lane Kiffin is up to. Did we just learn that MBG is a Swifty? Is that what they're called? <laughs> a Swift head? A, a Swiffer? Swiffer? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that got me. Swiffer. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Actually, I couldn't tell you two Taylor Swift songs. That was just the name that came to mind. Whether you believe that or not is, whether you believe that or not is up to you. <laughs> I shouldn't have called you out, man. <laughs> but uh, that's old Miss fans trying to kind of cope with it. And so over the last couple of days, I think they started to come to terms with the fact that Kiffin was probably gone. I'm not sure where that stands today, but they're kind of going in waves. And so there was one fan who just assumed, Ole Miss fan who I think is just assuming that, that Lane Kiffin is gone. And so he uh, raises a call to action to his fellow Miss, Mississippi fans. He says, bring your mustard to the game Thursday and pelt that mother effer. <laughs> if, if KC, who's the AD, allows him to coach that game, he should be shown the effing door. <laughs> They're kind of all over the place on this one, right? Go with I mean, the mustard. Couldn't they yeah. come up with something else? That's Tennessee's thing. Come up with something else. A one bottles are glass. You know? Just a different condiment, even, right? Yeah. I mean, just like outside the box. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what it is about mustard. I mean, I know that that's a reference to the Tennessee fans throwing it, but I, I still don't even know how you had a bottle of mustard inside a football game. It's that stuff does effect. stink, though. When it gets on your hands, like it's it kind of lingers. I don't know if it's the vinegar inside or what. But mustard's the worst. So maybe, I mean, maybe that's why they're throwing it at him because it, it's, it's the worst. I mean, better than a mayonnaise bath. I just like that he wants to pelt that mustard after. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. How do you get a mayonnaise because it or a, a mustard bottle in? Because it wasn't one of those like big vats that they have when you go out and buy a hot dog at halftime. That you just you know squirt as much as you can. It was like the little normal normal size you get at a grocery store. So that's yeah, that's a that's little premeditation. That it yeah. is premeditated. That's first degree mustard assault <laughs> right there. Right. Well, uh, all he's done is make the job tougher for all the uh, all the workers at the stadium on Saturday when they're screaming people coming in. They're now all of, them, all of a sudden got checked for mustard. <laughs> but do you think that was the first time that that person brought the mustard in or was there another game that they brought it in and then things went as planned so they didn't have to use it they just thought man i got i got this bottle of mustard i'm gonna bring it just in case i need to throw it somewhere. every week and he just never had the opportunity until you thought it was like now is the time <laughs> <laughs> finally thank you god <laughs> The mustard gods are smiling on me finally. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So you watch with you know watch that game with some added interest on Saturday to see if you see some mustard bottles flying. 
I'm excited. I actually have my Mississippi State shirt on. My stepson oh, nice. school there. He's here for the week of Thanksgiving, so it will be on in our house. And hopefully, trip to fan doesn't hit me too hard because I'll, I'll be able to watch and I'll I'll be scouring that the crowd to see if I see any mustard flying. Well, while your son is home from Mississippi State, Casey, I want you to ask him about a little rumor that I found uh, about Mississippi State. I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was a poster on uh, Mississippi State message board named Bert Stare. And he says, Mullen 2.0 starts next Sunday, which would be this Sunday. He says, Leach will retire on Friday. Keenum is bringing the hunchback back. This deal has pretty much been in place since Halloween. Mullen will be announced Sunday. I'm assuming Dan Mullen is the hunchback. I'm not sure what that is in reference to. So there's a rumor by Bert Stare, and I don't know um, where he ranks on the scale of one to Fat Tom 22. (laughs) He's telling us that Mike Leach will retire on Friday and that Dan Mullen is coming back to Starkville, which... When I read I, when I read this, I almost didn't dare post it because I noticed over the weekend that Dan Mullen started following the account, and so I'm always always a little nervous to post anything about Dan Mullen because I don't want to be getting DMs from Dan Mullen um, <laughs> uh, getting upset with me for posting rumors. Um, but I did it anyways, and I have not heard back from Dan Mullen. So I think we're good to post anything in the future about Dan Mullen. But second, how sad would it be to have Mike Leach retire? It would be very sad, but he's he's looking old, and his cough that he's got going on, and his hack, and he's sucking his snots, and I don't know. And I was there in Starkville this past weekend for the East Tennessee-Mississippi State game, and it's a nice, cute little town, Starkville, Mississippi, but I'm trying to think of where he lives, because there's no mansions out there, so I'm just curious if he's, like, bellying up to a to a local courtyard or a quality in sweets or something than living there does mike leach like the kind of look like the kind of guy who lives in a mansion no no <laughs> mike leach probably lives in he's probably got like a fifth wheel trailer pulled up in his <laughs> home park or something there are those Listen, there those are there if he retires it's going to throw a huge monkey wrench into my plan i'd I think I mentioned this to you guys. I've been kind of trying to figure out a new segment we could do. And one of the things I was trying to put together was kind of an ongoing segment where we'd read a quote and you'd have to guess if it was from Mike Leach or a serial killer. Um, (laughs) And so I I had been collecting quotes from from both for a while. So I'm hoping he sticks around because his quotes are, as you guys know, legendary. Well, not to mention, it's always good to have a fellow pirate around. I mean, that's right. He's, he, my, listen, my only issue with him is he doesn't like candy corn. But other than that, you know, he's uh, his his views on pirates and everything else. I'm pretty much on board with. Yeah, do you guys have any favorite Mike Leach moments? <laughs> they're they're all great. I I I highly liked his little cough thing that spell that he went through two weeks ago. To be honest with you, but he's just all. It almost like he knows, right? These guys are smart enough. They know, and he's a lawyer, I believe. He's yeah, he is really smart. Then he fell into coaching, which I guess financially he's doing okay. Yeah, he's probably doing all right. I mean, he doesn't really fit the stereotypical college football coach. I mean, 
I don't think we've ever seen anything like Mike Leach in college football. MBG, do you have any favorite quotes from him? I have one. Casey, do you have that? I, I do. Found one. I was kind of looking through them the same as you were, who's, and I found one that I'd never heard before. And I don't know why I thought it was so funny. It is funny. I thought it was hilarious. So here it is. Somebody, I can't remember, somebody said that in passing, you know, one of the guy hate cats, you know, somebody really hates cats. And I've never figured that one out. Uh, I've never figured. I mean, and a credit to cats, the ability to generate that much animosity, you know. And I'm not sure how close the relationship some of these people are planning to have with a cat or why they would value the opinion of a cat or their perceived opinion of a cat. Um, I'm indifferent about cats, but... Uh, I just, I've never understood how a cat can uh, accelerate that much uh, uh, animosity. I mean, to me, it's just a cat. It's just a squirrel. It's just a dove. It's just a robin. I mean, what do I care, you know? So, anyway. I love that. Yeah, if I'm a reporter covering Mississippi State, I am never asking Mike Leach about football, ever. That's a lot I want to hear Mike Leach talk about. I don't care less what Mike Leach thinks about football. Yeah, you just tee up like, hey, Mike, coach, how do you feel about cats, right? And, and just let them go. Just like one of those dolls where you put the cord on the back and just and they just start talking. It's awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Hopefully, if he does retire, uh, he sticks around the game and does some studio work or a color commentator. Imagine him. It'd be like the Bill Walton of college football, pretty much. Oh, yeah. That's um, just a color commentator. It'd be good stuff. I was thinking about this, and have you guys seen the movie Step Brothers? Oh, have I? Yeah, one <laughs> of my personal favorites, and you'll you'll remember the scene where Will Ferrell and John C. Riley go in for a job interview wearing tuxedos, and they're being interviewed by Seth Rogen, and he's talking to him, and he's like, hey, you know, paraphrasing, but I'm looking to hire guys I don't mind hanging out with. You guys seem like cool guys, got hair similar to mine. You wear a tuxedo to the interview. That's funny. It's ironic. I get that. Blah, blah, blah. And then John C. Riley unleashes just like a 25-second fart in the middle of the interview. <laughs> and Seth Rogen says, okay, now the tuxedos seem effed up, right? That to me is like a metaphor for Mike Leach's coaching career. Like when when he's winning – the quotes are awesome and seem hilarious, but when he's when he's losing, the quotes come across like a long, drawn-out public fart, right? Like they don't quite hit the same when his teams aren't doing as well. At least if he goes out, it'd be fun to see him go out because they're they're having a decent season, right? I mean, they're yeah, yeah. I mean, they're they're playing Seven well. I'd much four, rather see, yeah, I'd much rather see him go out where they're winning games and he's still unleashing these quotes than uh, you know like a two and ten season when not quite as much fun, you know. No one wants to go out on a 25-second fart. <laughs> In any context, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. I don't have that sound lined up, so... <laughs> All right. Well, I got one last one to close up in the spirit of this week being rivalry week. And this one is from a Clemson board, Casey. And this is from one of my favorite posters from TigerNet. This guy's name is Fast Chad, and just to help visualize, um, his avatar here is a picture of the Capitol on January 6th. So just to kind of paint the picture here, and this is what this is Fat Chad's post. He says, "If we lose, 
I'm off the market to Gamecock women. In the, in the unlikely event of Clemson getting beat on Saturday, the first thing I'll do is change my dating profiles to Gamecocks swipe left. I don't need some chicken girl talking smack for the next 12 months. I mean it. Even if Giselle, whatever her name is, that used to shag Tom Brady were to ask for a date, I'd say no if she likes the Gamecocks. The saddest part is that I'd have to stop seeing a girl I go out with occasionally that makes great chicken and dumplings. <laughs> she, makes it from, she makes it from scratch and everything, but she likes the Gamecocks. We're finally getting to the time of year when chicken and dumplings is the goat. It means that much. I can't believe we're even having this discussion, but the ninja stuff they pulled off against Tennessee got me into thinking bad thoughts. So fast Chad... If they lose, he's calling off all Gamecock women in the future. Um, I see nothing wrong with this post. Casey, your, I, wife, is not a, your wife is not a Gamecock? I oh. will just tell you, missing out on Gamecock women as someone who's been with one for 33 years is a huge miss. So hashtag can suck it. <laughs> That's right. Who's, I, even when I brought this up, I did not make the connection that your wife is actually a, game, a Gamecock She woman. is? He is. The other thing with this guy is he dismisses Giselle way more easily than he dismisses chicken and dumplings, which I think is kind of <laughs> genius. That's a good catch. That's a good catch. I mean, I also want I want to confirm that this isn't me. Right. <laughs> Just for those out there that might have been questioning whether or not I right. you know, place this place this gem. Because you could, you could see when he got to the chicken and dumplings part of the post, what he really cared about, right? I mean, that was that was when he, he got emotionally invested near the end of that. So, Casey, you agree with him? You would, not, you would yeah. not be the Gamecock woman? Yeah, it's not quite a, the same thing, but I had a friend uh, in the neighborhood come up to me yesterday, and he said that he, he was riding the boat with my stepson yesterday, and my stepson said not, he was allowed to go anywhere in the country outside of South Carolina. So... The rivalry does run deep, and yeah, there wouldn't be. Once a girl says she went to South Carolina, you know, for for a guy that's invested as we were, I am, I guess. I don't know. It wouldn't have mattered at that point, but yeah, I agree with Fast Chat. How about you, Who's? Would you date? Is it Virginia Tech or Duke? I mean, it's it's definitely Virginia Tech. So it's funny. So I went down. We went down and saw my buddy uh, Vanilla Thunder, who I mentioned last weekend. And uh, he's married to a Virginia Tech grad. His wife's a very good friend of mine. And they have three kids and two boys. One went to UVA and one went to Tech. So they literally are divided almost you know, <laughs> directly right down the middle. And they seem to handle it okay. Um, I can tell you, though, that his wife listened to, started listening to the podcast. And she texted me the other day. And she was like, yeah, the Blacksburg tuxedo line wasn't okay. So I'm like, oh, those are the kinds of things. <laughs> That's good feedback. Yeah, if you're in a relationship like that, then I guess you have to watch what you say, right? So there are definitely hazards involved. Yeah, how you raise your kids, all that. It just takes away half of the fun. I couldn't do it. So I, I, I also agree with Fast Chad here. Call off Gamecock women. There's plenty of fish in the sea. I'm assuming <laughs> Clemson, right? Plenty of Clemson girls for Fast Chad. There are, yeah. When I went to visit when I went to visit Clemson as an 18-year-old, and I'm a kid from Jersey, so I had no idea, like – I think I was telling you guys, I thought the map, the southern map ended at Virginia. 
Uh, so uh, when we get to we get to South Carolina, we're taking a tour because that's what you do. And my dad literally looked at me and said, "If you don't come here, I may come here because I haven't seen a bad looking girl yet." <laughs> well, I would say it's it's not so much the wife that would um, dissuade me, but it would be having to deal with in laws from the rival school. It would probably be worse than your wife. So I think it's best to stay away. In laws are already tough enough to deal with. What about you? <laughs> MBG, you got what is it BYU out there or Utah? What's the what's the rival for Utah State? It probably depends on who you ask. If you ask me, yeah, BYU. And no, the answer is I would never marry a BYU for that reason. I would want to deal with BYU father-in-law, BYU uh, brothers-in-law. No, that runs stay, deep too. I'd stay far away from that, and I did. So, <laughs> I'm also that was like a that. statement right there. By the way, Casey, I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing setting him up like that. <laughs> I mean, that's as like strongly worded a statement as I've ever heard MBG make before. No. Yeah. And I'm I'm being as restrained as I possibly can right now. <laughs> you should see him. If this was a visual meeting, fire up red. He's ready to fight. Right. <laughs> uh, that's another show for another day. <laughs> Noted, by the way. Noted. <laughs> no one in the state of Utah would listen to this show ever again if we did that. So <laughs> let's let's not do it. Yeah, we won't do it. We won't do it. Moving on. Well, that's all I brought for today, guys. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a review. Check out more of our content at messageforgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh,